With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But why do you need to wreck this? Because it's wreckable, all right? I took another look at it and I changed my mind. Stop listening after you said we need a plan. I like your plan, except it sucks, so let me do the plan, and that way it might be really good. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name's Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level, and I'll tell you what. Well, let's just say there's writer-downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, guys? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. On today's show, we are going to continue our war on trades. We're going to be talking about, of course, the guys that were moving, the guys that were were, were buying, and, and everything in between as it relates to Dynasty and trades. Uh, I am flying solo tonight. I want to give you a heads up if you are here for the man of the hour and the man with the power, then you are going to be a little disappointed because he had some family stuff come up at the very last minute, leaving me flying solo. But as we have for almost the last four and a half years, the show goes on. We don't miss a Wednesday, whether it's us, our boy Kyle at the Fantasy Football Smackdown, our buddies Jesse and Chad in the newly rebranded, formerly known as the Dynasty War Games. Check that out. That's on Mondays. Uh, Fantasy Football Smackdown on Tuesdays and Fridays, DWZ Wednesday. And we're working on getting Dallas back in the rotation with the rookie rundown real, real soon. And how can I forget the Daily Destroyer coming to you on Friday? So, you know, five, six days a week, you have content here at the D. WZ. So I'm going to get the business out of the way and we're going to jump right into it. So first thing, five-star reviews, no matter where you're listening to this, because this one did not make it to YouTube. If you could hit pause and go in and leave us a five-star, it it will literally, you just literally hit pause. You go into the show and you hit five-star. You don't even have to write words. If you want to write words, that helps. But if you just leave us that five-star review, that is how we continue to grow the podcast version of the show. If you want to help us, if you're normally a YouTube content subscriber, that's how you get our boy Kyle, again, from the FF SmackDown. That's how you get his waiver wire sniping piece a couple of days early. He does it on YouTube. I believe it's Saturday mornings. Releases it for a pod sometime on Sunday. So you'll be ahead of the game. If you're on YouTube, like the channel, subscribe to the channel, and maybe comment on a video. Uh, again, that pushes us up toward the, the algorithm as it relates to fantasy football and dynasty fantasy football, and we're trying to reach a larger audience. Those two things, 100% free, the easiest way to help the show, five-star reviews on Spotify and Apple, and liking, subscribing, and commenting on videos on YouTube. That simple. You can reach me at DWZ Memphis. You can email the show at Dynasty Warzone at gmail.com. Again, dynastywarzone at gmail.com. You, you send me an email, and if I see it, I'll maybe 
throw some of your stuff on with the show. Speaking of getting on with the show, I am going to do just that. Before we get into good people, bad tweets, uh, I just want to hit a couple of couple of two three things. You know, I I, I love my uh, my my sometimes my uh, my interesting references, but you know, I I love my soundboard, so I just I just got to do it. Let me tell you a couple of three things. Let me tell you a couple of three things about the start of the, the the dynasty season, the fantasy season. First thing is not to overreact. And if you feel the need, if you feel compelled deep down in your soul, you just can't help yourself, go the opposite of the general public. So if everyone's telling you to buy dot, 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 that means whether I'm telling you that, Twitter's telling you that, your favorite national podcast that also does dynasty content is telling people that everybody knows you have to steer into the opposite direction. Um, I'm not big on taking victory lapses early in the season. Uh, it would be real easy for me to sit here and, and, you know, pound my chest and talk about, Oh, Carson Wentz and four TDs. And he's the current QB three overall. It's one week. He played the Jags at home, you know, and it's real easy to take L's. You know, no one's been bigger and bolder on the Austin Hooper hype train than me for him to then turn around and have one catch for six yards. It's going to happen. So let's get a quarter of the season in. Let's get halfway to the the, the midpoint, week eight, nine. I guess it's nine now. It used to be like right after week eight, but with the 17 games, it, you know, more football is good football. But sometimes it just feels odd saying 17 games. But let's get a little bit in. You know, let's let's see how these rosters are trending. Are we on plan? You know, was our plan to contend this year? Was our plan to rebuild this year? Was our plan to productively struggle this year? One game does not make a season. So take some notes. Uh, I've covered this. This is one of my most well-received and uh, one of our older podcasts in the Patreon vault uh, of podcasts. It was uh, one entitled Everything Speaks. And I believe the author of this was called Tales from the Mouse, and the author was Jeff Snow. I think I got that right. But anyway, and and he worked at Disney. And if you go to Disney, everything, and I've I've covered this before, you know, everything is not done by accident. Everything is well studied and laid out because everything matters. And that's kind of how I feel about my dynasty and fantasy teams. Is everything the most important thing? No. Is everything the worst thing that's ever happened to a player? Also no. So we're going to take this one week at a time. We're going to kind of use this as a stock barometer. But it's way too early to be victory lapping on, because I was never a big Damian Pierce guy. Um, But it's too early. Uh, Rex Burkhead had a 71% snap share the other day, you know, and, and it's way too early to take L's. Uh, Austin Hooper, again, in a one catch. But a couple of things that I did want to hit before we get into good people, bad tweets. One is Russ. You know, R- Russ is a player that he almost has like this cloak of invincibility around him as if he can do no wrong. And I understand that everyone thinks he's a bit corny. He's a bit cheesy, and he is. He is. I don't know if that's on purpose, if that's the brand he's trying to build as an athlete, and and, and he wants to be known. You know, the video surfaced the other day of him jogging out of the building as if he was jogging out of a mock tunnel, giving, like, imaginary high fives. He is that guy. But for some reason, this guy's former success, and I think there'll still be success to be had, but his former success as a QB, I mean, this is a guy who's never, outside of the injury season last year, he had never finished outside of a QB1, meaning he had been at least a top 12 QB every season since his rookie year. But last night looked bad. Attempted 42 passes, completed 29 of them, and 14 of those went to running backs. This is a guy with Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Albert O, and K.J. Hamler. It's not as if this team is devoid of weapons. 
And it's not as if Seattle is this Pittsburgh Steelers-esque, L.A. Rams-type awesome defense. I mean, they're pretty mediocre at the end of the day. So I'm not anti-Russ, but I'm tired of Russ getting a pass. If you go back and look, there were plenty of articles. The one that I tagged on Twitter today was a headline that Russ and Nathaniel Hackett, the new head coach and play caller, were quote-unquote partnering in this offense. They're co-managing this offense. So all these people, and that's what people do, they run around on social media and they talk about how Russ is so great and let Russ cook, and that's what Russ does. Russ needs to cook. And Nathaniel Hackett, he's such a moron. Well, well, Russ is a co-conspirator in this as well. You know, Russ has some autonomy to be able to go in and, and call up plays. Russ had the ability to go over and say, hey, coach, let's go for this. Instead of kicking a 61 or whatever it was yard field goal that was well outside of the realm of, of possibility. He was calling the plays as they were marching methodically. And methodically is, is a bold choice of terms for for what they did. I mean, again, Russ has got some some ability to, to navigate this as a QB. I just say this as a long-winded way is to be careful of the encyclopedia of excuses that people on Dynasty Twitter, you know, create to protect their takes. One thing about me, if I'm wrong, I'm going to be the first one to say it. And if I'm right, I'm going to be the first one to say it. But I take my L's, I, I take my W's where I can, and but I'm not ready to make a proclamation on Russ one way or the other. Um, but the one guy I do want to make a mini proclamation on was Elijah Mitchell. I had been very anti-Elijah Mitchell in Dynasty. For redraft, seasonal, best ball, I, I didn't really care. Those aren't my bag. I don't play a lot of seasonal. I don't play hardly any best ball. Totally cool with Elijah Mitchell where he was going in those formats, but I never understood not moving him this offseason. And I highly doubt, unless he just has a big, a baller, an outstanding second half of the season, because he's going to be out for two months. That's per the head coach. And usually coaches tend to be a little optimistic. So it may be 10 games. I believe they did IR him, but I don't know for sure. I know the initial prognosis was two months so that's going to be about eight games and in that meantime you know how is this offense going to be functioning with Tyrion Davis Price and Jeff Wilson Jr. and they brought in a bunch of Jags at the running back position to help fill that void does Elijah Mitchell ever get that snap count back I don't know I mean we know he's a good running back but he's been hurt two years in a row he was hurt coming into the season and going into the season, you could have easily, easily. I saw, again, ADP. I, I saw him easily able to net you a first in Dynasty. And as a James Robinson apologist, you know, how high is high? If you get a guy for free and you don't need, and it's hard to say not needing the depth at running back, but if you don't need the depth, you've got to be able to cash out. It, it's not about not wanting the points. That's not... The point, the point is, is that you've got something dirt cheap. You, you've got a very small, finite window of time to move him because Elijah Mitchell is not, is not DeAndre Swift. He, he, you know, Swift missed games last year. I think he missed six, five or six, and it did nothing to detract his suitors from pursuing him in Dynasty. Why? He was a highly touted prospect. He had great NFL draft capital. We saw flashes, and it was hard not to be on board with DeAndre Swift. Elijah Mitchell has none of those. He didn't come into the NFL highly touted. He doesn't have a ton of draft capital, and, and he's part of a team where the head coach slash play caller has not had the same running back lead the team in rushing two years in a row. And this is probably going to be, I believe, the sixth year in a row that that trend continues. So sometimes in Dynasty, when you're presented these pockets of value, you're probably never going to get another first for Elijah Mitchell. And if you didn't, that's okay. Um, don't give him away. If I could get a second straight up for him right now, I would take it. But 
just want to use Elijah Mitchell as that lesson learned. Um, how greedy is too greedy? You know, were you going to get multiple firsts? I don't know. But I think coming into the season or at your rookie draft back in May, June, July, you could have easily gotten in that 109 to 112 range where in a super flex or even a 1QB, you probably would have got a pretty nice wide receiver with a pedigree. So those are just some of the randomness, the thoughts that came out that I was going to discuss with Jerry, but obviously he's not here. So we are going to uh, we're going to jump into good people, bad tweets. Y'all tap in with it, huh? So this first good person with a bad tweet is Mr. CJ Golson. And CJ says, if you think CMC, that's Christian McCaffrey for you non-acronym users, but if you think CMC is the 101 in fantasy, you should be extremely high on Rashad Penny as well as just throwing that out there. So I, I, I don't know if Mr. Golson's a big Penny fan. Um, I don't know why anybody would be extremely high on Rashad Penny. Um, I don't know why anyone would have thought Christian McCaffrey was the 101. Uh, does he have the talent and the potential to finish as the number one overall running back in fantasy when the season ends? Yes. But when you're drafting at the 101 in redraft in dynasty, that that is prime real estate. That is California along the LA beaches. That is Malibu. That is prime time real estate. You're not you're not going to get much more of that. And it's expensive, and it's expensive because it's nice. So I never would have thought Christian McCaffrey's the 101, but I would never have seen a world where one would think that you should be extremely high on Rashad Penny. He caught two balls last night. He had 12 rushes for 60 yards. So 8.7 PPR points. Kenneth Walker's coming back this week. It came out on Roto World. I know it's I know it's NBC Sports Edge now, but to your boy Memphis, it's always going to be Roto World. And it came out that Kenneth Walker's back. Travis Homer's still in the mix. DJ Dallas. Rashad Penny has a career of injuries as well. I don't know why you would ever be extremely high on Rashad Penny. I'm just throwing that out there, CJ. Uh, I think you're a great dude. Uh, decent follow on Twitter, but I, I do not agree with that take. Our second tweet is kind of a, a tweet and then a reaction to their own tweet, and that is Mr. Luke Sawhook, at Luke Sawhook on Twitter. He's verified. And he said, buy low on Cam Akers, kids. And then the follow the, the follow-up tweet said, this is his absolute floor. Send out your absolute bottom of the bench guy for him. For example, Rondale Moore. Now, in fairness to Luke, he did not state dynasty or redraft, but this is as one that really doesn't matter. If you drafted Cam Akers, you are going to be stuck in what I like to call the sunk cost fallacy. You think because you paid blank for Cam Akers, you couldn't afford to give him up for, say, a Rondale Moore because Rondale Moore also hurt would be someone that maybe went in the ninth round in redraft, probably later than that in Dynasty, and you're not going to give up a, a Cam Akers, a running back on a good team like the LA Rams for a Rondale Moore. I mean, when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, he's clearly the third option, maybe the fourth behind Hollywood, behind Hopkins, behind Zach Ertz, maybe the running back. So no one's going to, for example, take Rondell Moore, for example, Cam Akers. Do I mind you throwing out a, a low ball offer on Akers? No, but I, I'm not giving up no more. I mean, I, I think Rondell Moore's fine if like you tack on a second and maybe get a third back with, with Akers. I think that's real. I think it's at least a more realistic offer. It's almost like Akers equals the second and the third equals more. So they kind of balance each other out in more of a package. But if you, the listener, can find a screenshot where someone gave Rondale Moore straight up for Cam Akers, you send me a screenshot of that to at DWZ Memphis on Twitter 
or you email that to dynastywarzone at gmail.com and I'll give you a shout out on this podcast next week and I'll publicly apologize for calling him a good person with a bad tweet to Mr. Sawhook. So while I agree now is not a horrible time to buy low on Cam Akers, his example of Rondale Moore is putrid. So no, please don't tell on yourself. Just send a text, send a DM, send something. Hey, you know what? How are you feeling about Acres? I might be interested. We've lost the art of conversation in Dynasty. You know what? Hey, how are you feeling about Acres? Hey, you know what? I might be willing to take a gamble. What do you got? I, I'm going to talk about a, a guy that I acquired just like that here in, in just a bit when we get into the trading portion of the program. But there are more than than just sending out cold, bad offers when you're making trades, whether that's Dynasty or whether that's a seasonal redraft. And that was good people, bad tweets. And as always, that is brought to you by our Patreon. So I am not going to beleaguer the point. Uh, the Patreon's growing. It's full of great ladies and gentlemen. Um, and that's where actionable advice. Um, I'm getting ready to steer this right into this is how we do it, the segment that we're going to discuss tonight. And I actually tweeted about this earlier. And these are the things that we cover in the Dynasty Wars on Patreon. And I, I will just leave it at that. Um, you get the bonus podcasts. You get in the group chat. Um, you can fill orphans or you can co-own a team in our Dynasty Leagues. We're up to 18 regular and best ball Dynasty Leagues. We have a redraft league. We have a tag team redraft league where you pair up with other owners. And it's just a great place to chat. And there's no negativity, a lot of place to, to grow and just get better, better as a Dynasty gamer with a tremendous group. It's patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. It's that simple. You get to hang out with me. Jerry's in there. Kyle from the SmackDown. All the hosts, we're all in there, as well as all of our dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of Patreons. Get in there, Dynasty Warzone at patreon.com. That is going to segue to me to the war on trades portion of the show. And tonight's question from the Patreon is, why is rebuilding so hard? And this really hit a nerve with me. So I, I, I did some deep dives. And I if, I if I had something positive to say, I would mention their names. Like, I am in a league with Tyler Gunthener, last week's guest. One of the most active, trade-sending, fun, keeps it going, keeps it light, keeps the group chat going, GMs I've ever played Dynasty with. So that is a positive example of someone you should emulate in Dynasty. Be like Tyler. Be fun. Be lighthearted. Keep the group chat going. Keep everything, all this week one energy going. Tyler's great from that. But back to this question, why is rebuilding hard? And I think rebuilding is hard in Dynasty because most people do not commit to the grind. Now, if you've listened to this show for any length of time, I do not like the word grind because most people don't. Some people truly do grind and you see them out there in the Twitter and fantasy space. And whether you like him or you don't, I'll give you a couple of examples. Troy King at T King Mode, that dude grinds. He's on Twitter. He's interactive. He gets after it. That's grinding. But in Dynasty, to be really good and rebuild, you have to grind. Like right now, tonight's Tuesday night for a Wednesday release of this podcast. You need to be out grinding the waiver wire. You need to be out grinding box scores. You need to be out grinding target shares, snap counts, who played, what's a name nobody's heard of. You know, who is um, DeAndre Ayton? I, and I think that's the basketball player. But there's a guy named DeAndre who's going to wind up going from like the wide receiver four or five to a guy who gets some reps for the L.A. Chargers because Keenan Allen's going to miss this Thursday. Who are these guys? You have to grind, and that's what makes it so hard. And then you have to hit on those rookie picks. 
You know, it's easy to say, well, I took over an orphan and the only good player on my team is Jonathan Taylor. And I'm going to go trade him. Okay, what are you going to get? That's It's easy to go trade Jonathan Taylor for a haul. That's easy. Do you know what to get? Do you know who to approach? Do you know when to? And then, more often than not, what are you going to get? You're going to get picks. Probably multiple first. Are you going to grind? Are you going to grind to make those picks into something? Or are you just going to sit around and wait? You know, maybe listen to a podcast. Maybe two, like the Dynasty Warzone. That's a good one. I love the Dynasty Warzone, especially during rookie season. We do great. But are, are you just going to do that? Or are you going to grind? Are you going to wait in season? And you, you move Jonathan Taylor, and you're, you're going to go get a young player. Rebuilding's hard. Rebuilding's hard. I, I'm in a league with several people. I could say their name right now. You'd be like, oh, I know who that is. I know who that is. I know, I know who that is. And I would tell you some of these GMs and, and dynasty gamers that put out some great dynasty advice are on their third or fourth year of a rebuild. And I'm like, no, wait a second. You've had all these picks and all, and, and you do this semi-professionally, but, but you're still in a rebuild. That should tell you how hard rebuilding is. And that's one of the things I specialize in. I, I, I love a good rebuild. Uh, my longest one took about three and a half years. It's now competitive. Uh, the team's loaded. And, you know, we're grinding on this team. You know, won my first game. And it was a one QB league. It was pretty devoid of talent. It was a dispersal, I guess, four-team startup. I guess we just dispersed the, the league out. But, but rebuilding is hard. But why it's hard is you don't grind enough. You literally, literally. Not every day. That's bullshit. It's bullshit to say, you should be grinding on that. Re no. But like once a week, you need to be on an offer. Once a week, you need to be looking at coaching hires in February and March. You know, in April, you need to be doing all your draft study. And it's hard because then you still have to hit on the pick. So, you know, this is how we do it. Why is rebuilding hard? It's because we don't work hard enough. So if you're going to enter, so just go, so I'm going to leave it at this. Go into your oldest league, two or three year league, four year league. The J, the GM that was struggling or productive struggled, or they're doing a rebuild. Go back and look historically. How long have they been rebuilding? Have they gotten any better? Are they still in the basement? When are they going to compete? What's their rebuilding strategy? Is it a super flex? Are they rebuilding around the quarter? What's their plan? Because if they're just like just willing, they're never going to get out of that. And then if the league collapses and it's for money, that's just a sunk cost. You're not playing for money. You're playing with money. You're not going to win long term un unless you're committed to your build. Because I, I play to win. I mean, it's fun to, to have the Patreon and, and, and meet these people and help them, you know, win money. And, but, but I still play to win. And, and, and I'm very competitive. And it's odd, if you look at your same leagues, it's usually the same four or five teams up at the top every single year. Well, when does their rebuild start? Oh, it doesn't, because they reload, because they make good trades, they make good deals. So if someone tells you you should blow up an existing team and start rebuilding, hit me up, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Um, we, we, we do one-on-ones, uh, we do the contractor, if you go back to the Dynasty Happy Hour, Used to do some contractor. That's my favorite aspect of the thing that I get to do with our Patreons is not only help them rebuild, but I take so much joy in those texts and DMs and phone calls that I get in January and February saying, hey, you remember that team I helped you with or that you helped me with? I, I won my league. I got second place. I just paid for two years worth of dues. Thank you so much. That, that that's why I, I do the podcast because rebuilding is hard and that's how we do it. We, we, we know rebuilding's hard and that is that segment. I, I guess you'd say, um, I do have a little special something for you. I don't have Jerry, but I do have the guys from toilets to titles. Now the next part of the show that we do is called what would it take? 
And this is the segment of the show where we talk about what would it take to trade a dynasty superstar, a stud. And my boy, John Sheps, former original host of the show, like six years ago, John is a, a passionate, supremely passionate lover of the Dallas Cowboys. So I hit him with C.D. Lamb. And obviously he had to do this segment after what we saw on Sunday night, two catches on 11 targets. And so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to hit the pause button. I'm going to grab John and his buddy Justin from Toilets 2 Titles. So go to YouTube, go to wherever you listen to podcasts, search the word Toilets, the number two, Titles, find my guys, give them a follow, listen to their podcast. Very, very solid guys. But let's hear John and Justin talk about Mr. C.D. Lamb. How's everybody doing? I am Coach Sheps. And I'm Justin Stevens. And we are the Toilets to Titles crew, and uh, we're joining you on Dynasty Warzone this evening for a quick version of What Would It Take? And uh, Randy, thanks for reaching out to me, man, um, to talk about C.D. Lamb. And me and Justin, we're going to debate what would it take. Well, I don't know if we're, we're necessarily going to debate, but we're going to talk about what it would take to get C.D. Lamb from one of us in Dynasty. And Justin... Where do you so CD Lamb? I was thinking about this last night when Randy reached out to me, and I was tilting a little bit after the Cowboys' loss. It's a little bit upset with CD Lamb. I'm just going to say first, CD Lamb does not belong in the same conversation as Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup. He's not in the tier one. You know, I'm starting to think he's he's closer to the back end of tier two, if anything, tier three. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I can agree with that. I do. I do think that there's still that potential. He's this is his third year right now. And a lot of times that third season, sometimes fourth season is kind of that breakout year for wide receivers. So there's still that potential. And you kind of spent most likely anyway, like a mid first, I believe, when he came out. That's yeah. what that's where he was going um, in rookie draft. So you already kind of have that invested in him. Um, I think at this point, if you're you know, kind of hesitant, you're kind of worried, you might, you know, you you at least want to get that value back. And I think right. you still can because there's enough people out there uh, left that still believe. So you would take one mid first, 2023 first. I don't know that I would. I'm just saying if I'm selling, if I had to sell or maybe I'm, I'm, I'm good at wide receiver. Um, I, if, if I'm trying, if I, if I am selling him, that's like, bare minimum. I may, I may even want a little bit better than that. Maybe a, a 104, 105, but I'm also not totally sold that I would want to sell him just yet for that. Um, but if, if they came at me and they threw in a, a, a bump, you know, like a, a early third or a late second, um, just to get the deal done, I'd probably go ahead and take it. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'd want like one six and, and one eleven. So maybe like two firsts, you know, especially since it's, send now but also if i'm a buyer i don't necessarily know if i think cd lamb is going to help me right now with the dac injury i know it's four weeks so i might not even be willing to spend that you know what i mean so michael pittman or cd lamb and you're a colts fan michael um, pittman or cd lamb michael pittman but that's just because i think there's more consistency there but where where do you have pittman ranked what what like i not you don't have to give me a number but what tier like tier three to, like by DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin. I kind of I, I kind of still view him. Well, now I kind of view him more as a as an early uh, like a high end wide receiver, wide receiver too. And you uh, have him above CD Lamb. Yeah, and, yeah, and I don't think you're wrong. That's why I brought I the name up. You. I, I agree with you that I I kind of feel like he's kind of in that lower wide receiver two echelon. But but again, it's that potential that mm -hmm. we've seen. Like he has that ability to find the open hole, um, unlike many wide receivers at his age mm -hmm. um so i mean there is that potential to to get up there to that high um wide receiver two low end wide receiver one and that's why i don't want just that same first that i gave up to give them mm -hmm. I, I drafted that potential and I, i'm gonna and plus i'm usually a little bullish about my guys um and i did draft him in a couple of locations so that's why i'm being a little bit bullish about it so if i'm giving up cd lamb you know I would want, if I'm trying to win now, 
somebody's is trying to maybe build for the future. They're not sure what their first is going to be. If it's a mid to late first, give me that mid to that late first and Juju Smith Schuster. Give it to me. If I'm going to, if I'm trying to win now, I'll take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Juju's going to slide in as my wide receiver too. I got that first. I don't know if somebody's going to be willing to do that. A few weeks ago, they wouldn't. I'm pretty sure probably someone would just because the sparkle is still there with CeeDee Lamb. But also with CeeDee Lamb, he comes with Kellen Moore. And I do not trust that Kellen Moore can scheme him open. It was a disaster. Like, you know, Zeke's running 5.3 yards per carry. They're doing triple reverses. You know, Cooper Cup is being double and triple teamed. If you think that's the reason why CeeDee Lamb was locked up, Justin Jefferson, dude, his offensive coordinator schemed him into positions where he was running routes against linebackers. Find a way, Kellen Moore. Get your best receiver open. So I don't think it's just CeeDee Lamb. I think Kellen Moore is involved. But for this season, Kellen Moore is going to be with him. Dak's hurt. His value is dropping. Guys like Michael Pittman, their value is rising. We see a guy like Drake London come out this weekend. What, he had six, seven receptions, you know, for 60, 70 yards. Out the gate with Marcus Mariota. So there's wide receivers who are rising. You know, I'm, I'm out. But uh, that's five minutes, and then that's all we have. Go ahead, Justin. I, I just had one more thing, real quick. Yeah, go the ahead. Difficult thing is going to be that um, the guy that's buying CD Lamb, if he's a contender, then he's most likely not going to give up players. He's going to give up draft picks. But if you're trying to build for the future, you're going to want draft picks. If he's a contender, he probably doesn't want CD right now because of the situation with with Dak and the situation that, that they're in. So they're probably not going to want to to it's going to be the non-contenders that are building for the future and they want to keep their draft picks. So right. you got to think players. If you're trying to sell them, you got to think players and hopefully you're a contender. Unless you find a guy who's been rebuilding for about a year or two and he has multiple yeah. firsts, Fair. right? And you could get that late first and a player. Sorry All I right. took us over, Memphis. You're, you're good. You're good. Th thanks for having us, Randy. Uh, everybody else, thanks for listening. Check out Toilets and Titles. All right, we'll catch you all later on. All right, big shout out to John and Justin from the Toilets to Titles crew. Uh, I'm in their Frankenstein league. It's like 60 GMs. Uh, I know they had a couple of week one Baylors. You might hit John up at Coach Sheps to see if he has any spots. If, if you're looking to jump into a big, nothing's the Scott Fishbowl with like thousands of people, but this is a lot of people, 60, 72 GMs. And you might, you might DM him, see if he has anything open. But again, thanks to John and Justin for telling us what it would take for them to move Mr. C.D. Lamb. Now, I'm going to jump into Jerry's segment. Jerry is the seller. Um, I had to come up with a seller. And this is the segment where we tell you who's a guy we're looking to ride the wave of hotness onto someone else's roster. And the guy that I'm looking to sell after a big week one is Mr. Daryl Henderson. Now, Daryl Henderson came in. I think he stole all of Cam Akers' thunder. I know he stole almost all the snaps. He played 82% of the Rams' snaps on Thursday night versus the Bills. Saquon Barkley was the only running back to play a bigger percentage of his team's snaps at 83. So 83 for Saquon, 82 for Daryl Henderson. Now, why am I wanting to move him? I like Daryl Henderson. He, he had a run last year where he was a – an RB1 for a good chunk in the season. So he has the talent, and this is clearly the offense, and he's clearly the passing down back. My issue with Daryl Henderson is he always gets hurt. Now, I don't want to be the guy who just shovels the injury-prone label on somebody, but dude misses games. Dude 100% misses games. He's going to get hurt. If he doesn't, at the end of the season, it'll be one of my – freezing cold, take the L takes, I'll put in there, but I'm looking to move Daryl Henderson. What am I moving for? Man, I would love to add a third to Daryl Henderson and get a first, but if I could take, if if I'm a, uh, it's hard because I don't only want to move up a handful of picks. I, I think Daryl Henderson and, and a third, maybe it's Henderson and two thirds. Maybe it's that good old fashioned, have a conversation and reach out to the Daryl, uh, reach out to a GM who who maybe lost a running back, who has Cam Akers, who maybe had um, Brian Robinson from the from the football team, who you know had a plan for him, and say, hey, what would you give me for Daryl Henderson? You know, you may not like the answer. You may have to wait another week or two. 
But I like Daryl Henderson. I think he's going to continue to be the lead back in this offense. I just don't think he can do it for long, guys. He never has. He's never stayed super healthy. And he's one that I'm kind of wanting to get an opening bid. And I'm starting the conversation again with some of those owners that have have lost people. Um, Not a bad time coming off that. I think you have to quote those stats. Hey, man, this guy just played 82% of the Rams snaps. You know, he, you know, send them that that tweet of Cam Akers missing that block the other night. These are all things that you have to do when you're selling. You have to be proactive. You have to drive up the price. Imagine any car dealer you've ever worked for, any realtor you ever worked with. You know, they sell you on the school district. They sell you on the the, the features of the car. You have to sell Daryl Henderson as the starter of the Rams, as the lead back, based off those snap counts, drive the price up. It might be no. It might be no for now. You may have to go another week. But you're going to know who the contenders are in in your league. And those are the people I'm looking to move Daryl Henderson to. Um, So I'm going to move on to the buyer's market. Um, I actually put down three names, and I'm not going to spend too much time on two of them. Uh, The first two. Uh, Damian Pierce and Miles Sanders. Now, if you've listened to this show any length of time, uh, you know, we actually talked about this last week with Tyler. I bought Sanders from Tyler for a contender second. This is a league that I've literally went second, second, fourth, second in the last three years. I've been a contender every year, and my team's loaded. I mean, my three wide receivers in this league are Cup, Diggs, and Justin Jefferson little humble brag there. So my second is going to be a late one. And I got Miles Sanders straight up. We talked about it last week for for a second. And I don't think you're getting that today. So um, I love Miles Sanders. Maybe you can catch a catch a fellow GM slipping. The other guy I'm looking at right now because Twitter is going to drive the price down for you because Twitter, let's be honest, Twitter is where less smart people go to tell actual smart people how much smarter they are than the smart people. But Twitter's usually ran by bots and, and and the less smart. And that's not just fantasy football. That's that's in general. But Damian Pierce, of course he had a bad game. Are any of these people on Twitter besides me telling you that the Colts' rush defense gave up the fourth fewest fantasy points per game to the running back position last year? Oh, they didn't. Did they remind you that rookie running backs typically come out of the gate slow? Like even Jonathan Taylor, there was a point where like like week what week eight nine of Jonathan Taylor's you know rookie year where we thought oh my god he could be the B word. No, these are rookies. Damian Pierce went to the University of Florida. I mean, we hear Florida, we think Tim Tebow and you know Urban Meyer and national championships, but that's not been Florida the last few years. So he's really getting into a pro program, and for him to to have literally kicked Marlon Mack. And Marlon Mack's not a great running back, but he was a pro. And for him to kick out Marlon Mack and, and let Lovey Smith, a stodgy old head coach, name him the starter, yeah, Rex Burkhead's going to be a pain in the ass on passing downs. But I'm telling you, Rex Burkhead gets hurt too. And we're going to be looking up in week eight, nine. And Damian Pierce is the kind of guy that, you know, can I get for a second now, a contender second? I'm going to send it out there. I'm going to send it out there with a note saying, hey, hey, guys. Hey, we, I think we all can agree that, that a first was a bit too much, but I'll give you a second. I'll give you a second. I'll risk it for the biscuit. You know, I, I need some running back depth. It, it's worth a shot. But but again, you have to have the conversation. Cold calling, it, it always makes me, if you cold, if you cold call or I guess cold trade, in this case, me, a a trade, I'm gonna ask myself, what the hell is this person up to? Why? But if you reach out and say, hey, you know what? Damian Pierce was hot. Now he's not. You you moving? You not moving? Oh, you're not? Okay. Well, what would you take? Oh, you, you want a first? Well, we, I think we both can agree that ship sailed. You know, I'll give you a second. You know, I was going to offer a third, but you want a first. I feel a third. Let's just meet in the middle, call it a second, and you, you can get out from under. You make a nice little uh, a nice little uh, improvement. You, you liquidated. You, you cashed out. And you probably got him for a third last year. And you're going to go into a great class in 2023 with a second. 
that's how that conversation would go for me. So um, still interested in Damian Pierce, but every day you wait, you know, he's going to have that monster game and it, it, it could be here sooner rather than later. I kind of like what I saw out of Houston's offense. You could just tell they're young, young QB, you know, younger ish weapons. I know OJ Howard's been around and Brandon Cook's been around for a minute, but Nico Collins is super young. You know, I, I this is going to be an offense that that's going to provide some fantasy points. So don't be afraid. And then Devin Duvernay. I know, I know we all love Rashad Bateman. We do, but sometimes someone not named Rashad Bateman is going to be the guy. And, and Rashad Bateman had two catches and he caught a blown coverage for one long touchdown. It was two catches for 50 some odd yards and a touchdown. And I don't want to poo poo that line because that's almost identical to my boy, Terry McLaren. But I think Devin Duvernay is still going to have some value. I mean, who else is there? It's Mark Andrews. It's Rashad Bateman. And then who? Maybe a little Isaiah Likely. But I think Devin Duvernay is fine. Talented enough guy, and, and he's not high enough on the – I'll throw you a random third for him. Why not? What are the odds? Devin Duvernay was probably a third. I don't have his ADP from his rookie year in front of me. You know what? Why, why hold on to a third when I can turn that guy into a third that was drafted at a third that's finally matured in a good situation that, that I might be able to use? So Devin Duvernay, you know, Damian Pierce, and even Miles Sanders, these are all names that I'm still looking to buy. So that is the buyer's market. And I'm going to wind this one up, uh, this little solo edition of the DWZ, with one from the people this is the segment where we answer or analyze a trade from our patron group. And I am a shit because I didn't write down who it was from, but this one came from our patron. And it is simply David Montgomery from Melvin Gordon and a 23 third. I, I told this particular patron, I was like, if you got Melgo and a 20, 23 second, excuse me, it's Melvin Gordon and a second for David Montgomery straight up. Give me Melgo and the second for David Montgomery all day, every day. We clearly know Javante Williams is going to be in the mix. Uh, I mean, what, what do you have? Seven catches the other night. And, but Melvin Gordon's still going to have value. And if at the end of the season, if we look up and David Montgomery and Melvin Gordon finish as the RBs 18 and 19 on the season, are you going to be shocked? I'm not, not at all. Melvin Gordon's in a better offense. I don't know how much better. It looked rough on Monday night, but, you know, David Mont Mont Montgomery didn't look very good. And if both of these guys are struggling to find dynasty value in, in April or even March when the season's over, because Melvin Gordon's on a one-year contract, and if memory serves, David Montgomery will be a free agent, at least you can hang your hat on that second, especially in Superflex, which most of our patron leagues are where all the quarterbacks and running backs are going to push a lot of value into that second round. So for me, this was clearly Melvin Gordon and the second brought to you by our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. I, I didn't want to make the entire show a, a giant commercial from the Patreon, but this this is really how the Patreon works. Um, you know, we, we, we get after it. And we have a lot of good stuff. So if you're interested, you can DM me. Feel feel free to DM me and, and ask me questions about the the DWZ Patreon. You don't have to join. Just just hit me up at DWZ Memphis on Twitter. Say, hey man, you're always talking about the Patreon. You know what's the real deal? I'll be happy to answer your question. You know maybe there are particular wants you have for a Patreon site. That hey, do you meet this criteria? I can let you know yes or no. I'm not going to be afraid to tell you no. I would rather tell you no and not disappoint you than to tell you that, that that's something we do and then let you down. I, I'm not into that. Um, and then Hate Brand Goods. I, I didn't bring him up last week. It was in a hurry. That's my buddy Matt over at Hate Brand Goods. You know, he, he used to be like a fitness influencer. Now he's just like a guy who's living his best life, who wants to see us live our best lives. And I would just recommend you check him out. It's at, it used to be at I hate Matt Vincent. Now it's Matthew P. Vincent on Instagram. 
see the life he lives, see the advice he gives. He's been very inspirational to me and in how I approach content and how I help people with dynasty. You know, Matt is, you know, he uses his success as a Highland Games athlete and uh, I guess a fitness influencer. And he's and he's turned it in almost like a self-help guy. And, and his number one goal is just helping people, which resonates with me because I just want to help you. And his brand is Hate Brand Goods. That's HVIII.com or search HVIII on the Apple or Google Play app stores. Download the app. Use the promo code Memphis if. If you see anything you like, they've got joggers and t-shirts and mugs and bags and stuff, but just go, you're fiddle farting around on your phone. Anyway, you're listening to this podcast, jump over there, see what the offerings are. If you see anything, I mean, how can you go wrong with a kick today in the dick coffee mug or some kick today in the dick socks? You know, like there's that guy in your office who has like funky socks. I used to work with that guy. Hell, I used to be that guy. Wouldn't it be an interesting conversation piece? Like I'm going to a wedding this weekend. Wouldn't it be an interesting conversation piece with within with with my suit? I was wearing like some white and pink or black and pink socks that said "Kick Today into Dick." Sure, it would. So head over to Hate Brand Goods. That's hviii.com or hviii in your Apple or Google Play app stores. You find anything you do like at checkout, please use promo code Memphis. It lets Matt and the gang over there know that we sent you. And hopefully next week, it won't just be me. Hopefully next week, it'll be me and my boy, Jerry. And we'll be dialed in, ready for another week of war on Dynasty Trades. Listen, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate Justin and John from the Toilets to Titles podcast. Make sure you give those guys a follow. They're good people over there, man. They're turning out great dynasty and redraft and best ball content in their own right. Actually, just good football content in general. And John's a friend and uh, Justin's a badass. So check those guys out. Toilets to Titles. You know, give at Jerry Sin DWZ. Give him a follow. Make sure he's doing okay. And uh, you can follow me at DWZ Memphis. And until next time, you remember here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. Y'all have a great week. We'll see you back here in week number two. It's Hate Brand Goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com, hate for me means it's about self-improvement. It's this self-motivation through self-loathing, this, this bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code and save yourself some cash. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. a game yesterday and if we win one today that's two in a row we win one tomorrow that's called a winning streak